guys would peek into the scriptures with me for just a couple moments. Um, I grew up on a working farm, or maybe I should say several of them, and uh, one of my pet peeves growing up like that was how my dad would tell us to do things, and then, you know, he, he, he wouldn't help us. He would go do something else, and from, from our from our limited perspective, it didn't look like he was doing anything, and we were doing everything. And so um, I always said, you know, if I, if I ever make it till I grow up, I'll never be that guy who tells somebody to do something without trying my best to do it with them. And um, later on, when I, when I joined the Army, we had a drill sergeant from South Dakota, and he was a, he was a very interesting guy. He, uh, he would give you a punishment, like, say, do 100 push-ups, and then he'd get down in your face and do them with you. And I always thought, wow, that's, now that's a leader right there, you know, who, uh, who's bearing it with you. Well, one thing I love about Christmas, um, I love that it is, it is the start of a, basically a 33-year story in humanity where somebody says, let me come do it with you. Don't say, just go do it. Let me come do it with you. And uh, when we peer into the manger, uh, we see the plan of God that was from before time unfolding in our time. Uh, The timeless one stepping into um, time-bound creation with his creation, and it just blows my mind. And there's this passage that doesn't feel very Christmassy, but I think it's maybe one of the most Christmassy passages in the entire Bible, Uh, Hebrews chapter 4. Just three verses there, in, beginning at verse 14. It says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time, in time of need. Three quick points, three short stories. The first one is this. Jesus is the great high priest who came down to meet with the people. Let me give you a quick story out of the history of Israel just to show you how magnificent this truth is. Whether it was the tent of meeting or the great stone structure built by Solomon and later on by Herod, we shouldn't, we shouldn't miss what was happening with the, the priest of that day. The, whoever the high priest of Israel was, they would stand before the people, and as the people brought their offerings, as, as, the, as, the, as the Levites and the priestly order dealt with the offerings, the high priest would then go into the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was kept. And uh, it was really interesting. They would always tie a rope to that guy so that if God struck him dead, they could drag drag him out of that room. Isn't that interesting? And uh, he would go in there, and and what the people would do is they would wait with bated breath to see if the high priest came back out. Was the offering received? Did God forgive the people? And so just get that image in your head. I'm not... A, high, a priest or a high priest in Israel, right? But if you could, just imagine you all coming here and saying, God, we really want to be forgiven. We want to be renewed. We want to know that we're in a good relationship with you, that we have honored the covenant, and we want to know that you're going to honor the covenant. So you all come and make your offerings, and then I disappear, and you just wait for a while, and I come back out. 
Now imagine the scene in the manger, and what you have is God stepping out of heaven before the people. And instead of bringing an offering, he is the offering. And he goes into the holy of holies, the most holy of holies on the earth, the sacred tomb. And God receives the offering, and how do we know it? Because Christ walks back out. And then what's he do? He ascends back to the Father. And so he's gone through to the heavens. It's been received. Well, you don't get that man. You don't get that man if you don't have this baby. He came to meet with us. The priest meets with the people and goes and prays God will receive. He leaves God and the people kill him. But even every once in a while, a country song gets something right. And as Alabama sang about 30 years ago, you can't keep a good man down. And there's only ever been one good man, and nobody could keep him down. And so he's returned. He's gone through to the heavens. And we don't just have a high priest. We have the definite article, great high priest, who lives ever to intercede for us, who came himself and stood before the people and now stands before God forever interceding for the elect. Secondly, the great high priest became more sympathetic by coming to us. Look back at verse 15. That's exactly what it says. We don't have a priest that is unable to sympathize. He's able to sympathize. How is he able to sympathize? He's able to sympathize because he knows what it's like to be in this flesh. The only thing he doesn't understand by experience is sin, and he understands that by punishment. Think about that a while. He doesn't understand sin by experience and sin. He didn't do it, but he understands sin by being punished for sin. Everyone's heard the story. I didn't make it up. I don't know who made it up. I've heard it a long, long time ago. But a little girl needed a kidney. And they found out her brother was the perfect match. And they asked her brother, would he give a, a kidney? And he thought about it for a while. And, and, and he said, yes. And uh, the little boy truly thought he was laying down his life for his sister. He didn't understand they could take one kidney. You know? So when he said yes, he said yes at this point in his little mind that he's going to die. When God the Son left heaven, he never misunderstood this, this assignment. Never misunderstood it. What he came to do was to sympathize with us. What could you have possibly gone through except sin that he hasn't experienced? Does he know temptation? Yes. Does he know the battle of, of, of being rejected? Yes. Does he know what it's like to be mistreated? Yes. Does he know what it's like to be misunderstood? Yes. Does he know what it's like for his intentions to be rejected? Yes. He came and walked among us, and no one understands us like he does. And it's not just from a point of omniscience. It's from a point of experience. Thirdly and lastly, having lived in community with mankind, the great high, the great high priest's mercy means even more. What do I mean by that? Look at verse number 16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. My dad was in and out of the VA for a long time, the Veterans Administration Hospital. If you're not familiar with that. 
And, um, you know, uh, if you ever want to know about the VA, uh, you know, talk to Joe. He'll tell you. They, they do the best they can. But they got a lot of folks, don't they, Joe? They just have a lot of people to care for. I think they do a great job. It's just slow. <laughs> and so I can't tell you how many times I'd go to an appointment, and uh, I just knew I might as well write off a whole day. You know, I'd drive Dad over there. And, but it was something I enjoyed. I'd go around talking to vets. I like that. And I can't tell you how many times uh, men, and some women too, believe it or not, would be quite indifferent to me until I said, when I was in the Army, everything would shift. You know, can't tell you how many times in my life I've talked to some old drunk or somebody who struggled with addiction, and, uh, and, and, it, and it, to them seems like I'm talking down, down on them, but when I say, I had a drinking problem, they would lean in. See, grace is getting favor we never deserved, and mercy is getting a release from punishment that we absolutely do deserve. Our great high priest has walked among us, and he has gone to the cross, been put in the tomb, paid for sin, defeated death, gone back to the Father, and he still loves us. He gets it. He gets it. We ought to have more confidence than ever that we can cry out to one who gets it and went through with it anyway. You know, when, uh, when you don't know what's going on with somebody, you tend to be more merciful. You know, you, you, you run up on a stranger and they're having a hard time. You go, oh, poor person. They're having a hard time. If it's somebody you know, you say, they need to get their life together. One of the scariest things about entering a relationship is you get to this point where they see the real you. And you wonder will they still be your friend or your, your girlfriend or your boyfriend. You know, when they really know me, will they hang with me? That's why intimate friendships are the best, you know, in the world. Because somebody who really knows you and keeps coming back, you got a friend. That's why we have a friend that sticks closer than the brother. Jesus really knows us. And he keeps coming near. That's why I can confidently say his having been in the community of humanity makes his mercy mean even more because, guys, we know what we deserve. He knows what we deserve. But he still says, come, un come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He tells us, because Jesus knows our story, because Jesus knows our story and finished the mission, because Jesus knows our story and takes our case straight to the Father, because of these things, with more confidence, draw near to Jesus. So this Christmas, oh boy, do it, y'all. Look under the tree, sing the fun songs, decorate, eat too much. Uh, have all the fun, but look into the manger. And when you look there, see the cross. And when you look there, see the empty tomb. And when you look there, see the high priest who has left heaven to meet the people and gone back to represent them. For this man to receive this anointing, for, for God to become a man and, and take on the, the, the anointing as the Christ and to finish the work, it's literally amazing. The Christmas story 
in America, I don't know about other places, but in America, it can get lost in all the other stuff. It can. But for the people of God, we should never allow it to get lost. And then even within Christian circles, we can get so busy talking about camels and wise men and, and um, you know, trips and who was in control of this that we'll miss it. God became man to pay for sin, to win back humanity. There's a great story here. Don't miss it. Lean into the manger and see the cross. Lean into the manger and see the empty tomb. Lean into the manger and see the one who has passed through the heavens and is right now seated at the right hand of the Father, his work approved, pleading the case of the elect. And draw near to the real story of Christmas. Let's pray. God, we thank you for an opportunity to look at this passage, though very briefly. But we trust, God, that your word is like a seed slung to each and every one of us. Pray, Father, that it finds good soil and grows up and bears fruit for your glory. Over the next few days, as we rush closer and closer to Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and as we think about all that we have to do, might we also think about all that you have already done. And as we draw near to family and take a couple of days off, and as we do all these things that we really do enjoy and need, may we see the one that we need the most and draw near to him. In Jesus I pray, amen.